Welcome to This Week in California Education, brought to you by EdSource Radio. I'm Lewis Friedberg. And I'm John Fensterwald. This week, we'll be taking a closer look at the current efforts underway to move away from traditional remedial education in California's public universities. That's particularly at the California State University System, the 23 campuses there, and the California Community Colleges, a massive system of 114 colleges. The push emerges out of a concern that too many students are taking remedial courses in math and English, for which they don't get any college credit. And what's more, many of these students never even make it out of these remedial classes into classes that offer actual college credit. And then they may leave college discouraged, and in some cases deep in debt, with nothing to show for it. That's right. Governor Brown signed Assembly Bill 705 last fall to transform the community college remedial education system. Its goal is to get students into more credit-bearing college courses more quickly and without having to take remedial classes. But this has raised a red flag for some faculty members who fear doing away with remedial classes could lead to lowering of educational standards. Well, we have on the line Lexa Logue, who is research professor at the Center for Advanced Study in Education at the City University of New York. Lexa has done some very interesting research on so-called co-requisite courses, which California is trying to implement as a central part of its remedial reforms. We thought Lexa's research was relevant for what needs to happen here in California. Professor Logue, could you just tell us briefly what is a co-requisite course? What does this approach entail? Traditionally, what has happened is that students have been assessed as needing remediation, and then they're put into an independent course that's a remedial course that carries with it no college credit, and the student is required to pass that course before the student can take a college-level course. In co-requisite remediation, instead of being put into that standalone prerequisite remedial no-credit course, the student is instead put into a college-level course, but with extra support. Okay, now you did what I think is a pretty unusual piece of research where you actually did a controlled study looking at the effectiveness of the more traditional remedial education approach compared to putting students in these co-requisite classes. Could you just tell us what the research was about and what you found? And the research was done in New York, right? Yes, it was done at three community colleges of CUNY and it involved over 900 students, and we randomly assigned them to one of three different types of courses. A traditional remedial math course, it was actually elementary algebra, or that same course with extra support, or a college-level statistics course with extra support. And so that last group is the co-requisite class. And I should say, all these students had been assessed as needing remedial math, and all of them also, they were not intending to do math-intensive majors. They did not need college algebra, for example, for their majors. So taking statistics was fine for them. Anyway, we randomly assigned them to one of these three types of courses, 
And then what we did, which was unusual, not only is it unusual to do controlled studies in higher education, but this part of it was pretty unusual. Each instructor who was participating in the experiment taught one section of each of those three course types. So that meant that any differences between the performance of the students in the three course types could not be due to there being different instructors. So basically, they all had the same instructors. Yeah, they had the same instructors, and they then took the course, and we found that significantly more of the students passed the statistics course than passed the traditional remedial course. We also followed these students for three years, and we found that the students who were randomly assigned to statistics, now remember that they had all been assessed as needing remedial math, but they never took the remedial math. But three years later, and they were all um, in associate degree programs, which are technically a two-year degree. Three years later, eight percentage points more of the statistics students had graduated than the students who were put into the traditional remedial course. The statistics students also had done very well in all their general education courses. So they also, and this is the most interesting thing, the statistics students had taken and passed more advanced math courses than had the students put into the traditional remedial course. So there were a number of cases where the students who were randomly assigned to statistics, they took it, they passed it, and then they went on and took more math. And they still had not had the remedial course, but they went on, they took more math, and they passed it. They took several levels of calculus. They did very, very well. Certainly seems like you had some compelling results there. But why is this relevant, do you think, for California. I mean, it's a New York study, and do you think it's something we should be paying attention to? I certainly do. And I should say that this was one study, but there are many, many, many studies at this point that are showing that co-requisite remediation is more effective than traditional remediation in math, but also in reading, in writing, and other subjects. There are a number of reasons for that, and these reasons apply across the country. They don't just apply in New York. We think that, for one thing, the placement mechanisms that are used to decide who's supposed to need remediation and who is not are not as accurate as we would like them to be. But another aspect of this is that when you put a student into a remedial course, you're making them take a course that has no college-level credit that doesn't get them closer to their degree, that they have to pay for or their financial aid has to pay for, that is likely a course they took in high school and didn't enjoy very much often, and it's not motivating. What's the nature of the support that was needed for this co-requisite course to succeed? There are many different ways that people do the co-requisite support. The way we did it the students had an extra two hours per week in what we called a workshop. Those workshops were led by advanced undergraduates who had taken the course already and done well in it. Those students were both supervised by someone from my office, but also they worked very closely with the instructor of the course that the workshop was attached to the undergraduates who led these workshop leaders 
they were required to go to all the classes that their workshop was connected to. So it was whatever the students needed. And we call this just-in-time remediation. It's remediation that is tied to the specific needs at the time of the student. Rather than doing the remediation as a prerequisite course, those prerequisite courses, remedial courses, often contain a lot of material that the student isn't going to need for a long time, if ever. So it's, it's a very different approach. How would you think the co-requisite remediation approach would help close racial and ethnic academic performance gaps that California certainly has? Right, and those are a problem everywhere and also a problem in New York. Students who are from underrepresented groups, who are Black and Hispanic, or who come from families that have limited financial resources, are more likely to be assessed as needing remediation for all kinds of reasons. Once a student is assigned to traditional remediation, they are unlikely to get out of it. Most students either never take the remedial courses they're assigned to, or they they take them and they don't pass them. We think part of that is motivational, and there may be other reasons too, but part of it is motivational. And so if students from these underrepresented groups are being differentially assigned there, um, this is an issue. And what we found in our experiment is that our experiment had higher course pass rates and higher graduation rates for the students randomly assigned to statistics independent of a student's race or ethnicity. So it helped all groups equally. And what that means mathematically, if everybody was put into co-requisite remediation, such as what we did, there would be smaller differences. You would decrease the differences in graduation rates that we currently see according to race and ethnicity. That certainly sounds encouraging. We're talking with Lexa Logue, a research professor at the Center for Advanced Study at CUNY. Just one last question. There's been concerns raised by faculty and others that the, these co-requisite courses or allowing students to bypass these remedial courses will water down the curriculum in some fashion or another. What is your response to that critique? We showed the students who were randomly assigned to statistics were more likely to go on and pass advanced math courses than were the students who were randomly assigned to the traditional remediation. Those advanced math courses were taught by people who had nothing to do with the experiment, just the regular faculty. And so these students were able to do quite well. We also showed that the students in our experiment who were randomly assigned to statistics were as likely or more likely to pass all their general education courses, including in social and natural sciences. And again, those courses were taught by faculty who had nothing to do with the experiment. And so it shows you that these students were very, very capable. And what they needed was just a boost into a college level course, some extra help, and maybe some motivation that, yeah, they can succeed, and yeah, they can take college level courses. And then they're going to go on and they're going to graduate. And we know that that's going to greatly help them in getting a good job, which also means more taxes paid, which is a good thing for everybody. Well, thanks for talking with us today. Thank you. I'm glad to do it. 
That was Lexa Logue, a professor at the Center for Advanced Study in Education at CUNY. She uh, actually wrote an op-ed piece for us where she describes in more detail her research. And so please visit the EdSource website if you want to learn more. We also spoke with Michael Zinstein, an EdSource reporter who's been tracking these remedial math and English reforms. And we asked him about what were some of the major concerns that faculty expressed about this reform effort. There was some concern, and it's concern that folks have been hearing nationwide. So one concern is if you're basing student placement on their grades in high school, because that's what the law basically says colleges should do before they were using placement tests, these standardized tests, and these standardized tests told the college where the student is academically in math or English, and based on that test, they would be placed at college level or one, two, three, or even four levels behind college level. And so some folks were saying, you need these tests to ensure that the grades that students got in high school were actually a fair representation of what they knew. You know, their concerns about grade inflation, things like that. So that was one element of the concern. The other element of the concern is just the belief that students should have core mastery of these foundational skills in math. Students should know about polynomials. They should know about algebra and the things that, you know, you and I probably learned in in high school for our algebra courses. By demonstrating that you were able to pass a class or get a certain GPA in high school, you're showing that you may not remember how to you know, solve for X or how to do a complex polynomial, but you demonstrated an ability to learn it at one point. And that's sort of one of the debates happening is should a test determine whether a student is ready for college level math? Or is it enough for the student to show in the four years I was in high school, I did what I had to do to get the grades needed to pass? And that's sort of the debate happening right now, and in, not just in California, but elsewhere. Michael, just tell us, when does all of this go into effect? As you know, the law is already in effect. The implementation of all these changes has a deadline of the fall term for 2019. But colleges need to be ready before that because they need to have the classes pretty much ready to go in time for fall registration. Yeah, and that's a big challenge. You're talking about a system of 114 colleges, right? Yeah, and, you know, there have been a handful of colleges that have done a lot of these implementations. You have a handful of colleges that pretty much do direct placement into college-level courses for their math students, for their English students. Other colleges aren't as geared up for it. So there is variation in the whole system. That was Michael Zinstein, our EdSource reporter who's covering remedial reform in the California community colleges. That was very interesting, but where do we stand now with regard to co-requisite courses and remediation reform, Lewis? Well, very hard to know uh, exactly what's happening in a system so large, 114 colleges. Each of them are governed by their own locally elected boards. So it's going to be really hard to track this across the whole state. But one thing is clear that I think some of the opposition has lessened, in part because this is now the law. And 
it's not going to work very well for faculty to be opposing something that now is the law. And in fact, the head of the academic senate co-wrote a memo that went out from the chancellor's office of the California Community Colleges, really encouraging the individual colleges to start implementing this. So I think there's a mood now that whatever their concerns are, people want to make it work. Well, it's a huge amount of change in a short amount of time, so it will be really interesting to follow this. And it has to happen, basically, because too many students were dropping out, and this whole remedial education reform for too many students resulted in more failure instead of success. Absolutely. Well, that just about wraps it up for this week in California education. Thanks to our sponsor, the S.D. Bechtel Jr. Foundation. Our producer is Shuka Kalantari. Our music is from Nate Schwartz Jazz Orchestra. We also have music from Ed Source's own Justin Allen. You can find us on iTunes and at edsource.org slash podcast. I'm Lewis Friedberg. And I'm John Fensterwald. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs>